Good morning, everyone. We're starting today, day number six. We're going to talk today. The name of our class is Being Vulnerable, vulnerable with Hashem. We Wow. Um, we are talking about uh, being vulnerable with Hashem because we already discussed the idea of the month of Elul, the idea for searching for God. Second, I didn't turn on the air. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm back from the Fiji Islands. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> nice tan. Good tan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now I'm in my dining room. So. You don't have a dining room in your, in your house in Fiji? No, 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 no. My house in Yerushalayim. No, but you, should need, you need a dining room in your house in Fiji also. Yeah, yeah, true. So. Uh, today, our, um, after talking about Elul, our next step in our building of our relationship with Hashem, and we're only going to give it one day, is the idea of Slichot. We're going to, the custom is, the custom is to start Slichas from Matzah Shabbos. From Matzah Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. Good morning, Michal. Very pleased to see you. The yeah. So, so we're we're going to talk about the idea of slichas, which the main slichas is done by Ashkenazi Jews. The Sephardic Jews say slichas the whole elo. We uh, have a certain build-up. Elo, there's a whole build-up of elo, and then we move to the next step, which we start saying sliches. And sliches, the simple translation of the word sliches is asking for forgiveness. The main line in sliches is the following line. There's a lot of words. There's a lot of lines. There's a lot of saying of God's 13 attributes of mercy in order to give and evoke the special energy that draws down forgiveness. But the main line that we tell Hashem by Slichus is, Lecha Hashem Hatzdaka Velanu To you, God, is the righteousness, and we should be ashamed with ourselves. And that's the line that I want to discuss, and I want to like I, I want to explain a bit like the platform around this. What are we basically saying? We're admitting, we're telling God, "You are right, and we should be ashamed." There's a certain vulnerability. There's a certain ability of of saying, of telling Hashem, "You know what? You are right. I have erred." Something that a lot of people have a big, big problem doing. Saying I'm sorry is not an easy thing. And even when people say I'm sorry, sometimes the saying I'm sorry is just, okay. It's like, a say, it's like saying I'm sorry, let me pass. 
Let me, uh, I'm sorry, you're standing middle of the way. Let me, let me, let me go. That's the way people say I'm sorry. But to really be sorry and to be embarrassed, to be embarrassed. Embarrassment means that, uh, that, that you, you don't deserve such a relationship. You are in the right and I'm in the wrong. When that is done right, when then is done in a vulnerable way, it could be the greatest way of reconnecting. The greatest way of, of saying it's not about me. Why is it so hard for us to say I'm sorry? Because I want to save face. And even when I say sorry, I say from a place, I, I want to save face that I don't know how to say I'm sorry. And I want to save face that say, oh, I'm not some stubborn, I don't know what. Not a stubborn mule. I know how to say I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. But when I'm saying I'm sorry and I'm being vulnerable, I'm telling the other person, I see you, I see your pain, and therefore I'm embarrassed. There's a very interesting Hasidic custom that says, that is to say l'chaim before slichus. A crazy Hasidic custom. As you know, you could see all my payas. I did not grow up Hasidic. I grew up very, very ultra-Orthodox, very religious. And by us, the custom was to say the first night slichus five o'clock in the morning. I still remember how we used to wake up four o'clock in the morning and my father would go to the mikveh and I remember it was really cold, cold New York mornings. And like the whole year slichus was like going in the cold freezing cold and going for slichas was a scary time. Most Jews, most Ashkenazi Jews say slichas after midnight, after midnight, Motzah Shabbos. Hasidim have a custom to have a fabrengen. So let's say if slichas is at one o'clock, there will be a fabrengen from 11 or from 10. You see it, you fabreng, you have some l'chaims. And then you say slichas. And I have to tell you this custom, whoa, that was a hard one to stomach. Crazy Hasidim. You have one time of a year where you're going to ask for forgiveness and you're going to say, I'm sorry. That also has to come with a, with a shot of whiskey. Well, what's your excuse now? Now this also has to come with some portion of happiness. How about just being embarrassed and crying and I, I didn't get it. Like I didn't grow up Hasidic. I had to learn a lot of Hasidic in order to like knock it into my brain. And sometimes it's even hard for me to get it now, but let's see what the Rebbe says. Let's see how the Rebbe explains this interesting custom. Says the Rebbe, and we're going to try to do it quick, but just to get the point. The Rebbe says that there's an interesting piece of Talmud. This piece of Talmud is found in Gemara Shabbos and also in, other, some, in some other places in Shas. The piece of Talmud says the following. That piece of Talmud says that on one, that there is a contradiction. There's a contradiction between two pieces in the Talmud. 
One Piece says that a per that a person has to be happy with his students to the extent that the Gemara says that Rabbah wouldn't start a class without cracking a joke with his students. And then there's another piece of Talmud that says that a, that a teacher has to be very disciplined. That a uh, I'm not very disciplined. Has to be disciplining. That a teacher has to be tough with his students. The words of the Gemara is Zroik Mora Betalmidim. Throw Mora. Mora means the gallbladder. Your students should tremble. Your students should sit over there and, 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 and know this is serious business. We're not joking around. They should be focused and learn. No fooling around. No, no jokes. Says the Talmud, what, what's going on over here? What's the right disposition of a teacher teaching a student? Is it happiness or solemnness? I don't know if the word is solemnness. That's the word in English? Or sol solemnness or solemn... Solemnity. Solemnity. Thank you. Is, is it a happy... Does it have to be in a happy um, uh, atmosphere or with a serious atmosphere of solemnity, discipline, structure? That's what the Talmud asks. Says the Talmud, what's the answer? The answer is no contradiction. This is before you start learning, this is while you learn. Before you start learning, you have to be happy. The Rebbe should even share a joke. Then once you start learning, it has to become serious. Now, without the Rebbe, to be honest about myself, when I learned that piece of Talmud without the Rebbe's explanation, I think to myself, okay, there's a contradiction. And now the Talmud says, you know, do this before and this during. So it's not a contradiction anymore. But I didn't pay too much attention that what the Talmud is actually saying is something much deeper. It tells us the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, no, it's not just before and after. In order to have a healthy, serious atmosphere during learning, you have to crack a joke before learning. Let me try to explain this. We all understand why learning needs seriousness. But the problem is that sometimes you're so serious that you're so clogged up that nothing goes in. Seriousness also has a problem to it. Seriousness comes along with a heaviness. Seriousness comes along, sometimes people are so focused that you can't talk to them. I don't know if you ever, you had, ever had that, uh, you're two minutes before a test and you know that the question is going to be on the test and you go over to the teacher and you're so serious about the test and the teacher is talking to you, you can't even hear. You're so tight, you're so serious that you're clogged up, you're closed. So the Talmud tells us you want the student to be serious, but in a seriousness of being a student, of being a vessel. In order to have your student be a vessel,
you need to take him out of himself a bit. When you crack a joke, what happens when you crack a joke? You open up the atmosphere, you open up the person. The person feels good. His heart opens up. You took him out a bit from, this is by the way, a very good idea also when you are about to have an important conversation with someone. And you know that if you're just going to, if you're just going to give that tough conversation to that person, there's no one to talk to. The person is shut off before you even started talking. So you start with some small talk. How are you doing? How are your kids? How is your wife? How is life in general? What are, what are you showing? What are you doing? You're, you're taking out the person from their stuckness, from their heaviness. Now the person is open. Now when the person is open, you have the ability to talk even tough things in order they should be able to receive it. Says the Rebbe that it's not just the answer that the Gemara is trying to answer a contradiction. This is before and this is during. No, in order to have a serious atmosphere during learning, but it should be a learning atmosphere, not just serious where everybody sits and shivers and they're, and, 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 and they're scared to move because it's such, so disciplined, they wouldn't be able to hear even. You need to take out the person from their ego a bit, from their heaviness. You open them up. Once you open up a person, you could impart information, even if it's tough, even if they have to work hard. But, but, but you open them up that they're comfortable to receive what you're going to give. Says the Rebbe, the same idea is also when we're going to say, I'm sorry. We all know that feeling. When we come, we come to a person that we have sinned against or we, or we have done something bad. And I say sorry, but the whole sorry could be from such a place of ego. Sometimes, and maybe it's a bit crass to say it, but let's say it anyways, we're sitting over here, a group of men learning chassidus. Let's, let's, say, let's, let's say, sometimes we say sorry just in order not to have the guilt that we didn't say sorry. Just in order to shut off the guilt. I'm so stuck in my ego. I'm so stuck in my ego that my sorry is another way of feeding my own ego. There's a piece of Talmud that says that evil people are full of regrets. They constantly regret. There's a lot of different ways of explaining that piece of Talmud. The Kotzke Rebbe explains that piece of Talmud and he says, evil people are full of regrets. It's not full of regrets that they're constantly regretting. They fill their consciousness through regretting. I sometimes tell my students or my kids even, a day passes, a whole day passes, the guy didn't do anything, just wasted a day. Fine, it's completely fine. Sometimes you just need to waste a day. Just sometimes I have no problem. I'm not talking now about, I, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to be uh, tough on him now. No, fine. Sometimes people, uh, well, you want to take a day off, no problem. But at night, he could tell me, oh, daddy, or rabbi, oh, I wasted my whole day. I tell, I tell him, 
it's sometimes hard to say it in a nice way, but I try to be as nice as possible. Say, why, why do you say that? What's wrong? And I tell him the following, if you're going to say it, I promise you, you're going to do it again tomorrow. Because you feel so good, you say, oh, I'm not just a bum. I even regretted it afterwards. So he's filling up his consciousness by saying, okay, I did it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm never going to do it again. Don't say you're sorry. I, I, I tell my student or my son, I, I tell him, please don't say sorry. Say today, I took off a day. Don't be sorry about it. When you're not sorry about it, next time you'll make a decision. Do I want to take it off another day or not? Being sorry is a very, very good conscious, conscience quieter. So I have sinned, I've done, done something terrible to my wife, I've done something terrible to my son, I did something terrible to my boss at work, I don't know what, say, okay, you know, I'm a decent person, so sorry. Never going to do it again. If it comes from a place of ego, it won't, it won't build a relationship. The only thing that you did, you covered your behind. The only thing you did was okay, I'm covered now, I said I'm sorry. They won't be, even if the person would want to complain against, complain against me, and even if the other person will be right about complaining against me, they can't complain anymore. Because I have filled my duty, I said S-O-R-R-Y. Comes Hasidus, and Hasidus says, no, we're not over here in order to say sorry, in order to cover our behind. We're not over here to say I'm sorry in order to feel full of our egos. We're over here in order to say sorry, in order to be vulnerable, in order to connect to Hashem. And that's why I don't want to do it from a serious place. I don't want to do it from a, I don't want to do it from a egotistic place. I don't want to play, do it from a self-righteous place. I don't want to do it from a vindicative place. I want to do it after l'chaim. We'll say some l'chaim. We'll celebrate together. We'll sing a few nigunim together. I'll open my heart. I'm not, I'm not stuck in my ego. I'm not beating myself up. I'm not guilty. By the way, are you aware that this whole thing, everybody says Jewish mothers are all about guilt trips? Maybe Jewish mothers are. I don't know, I don't know where, where that comes from. But Judaism doesn't believe in guilt. It's one of the biggest mistakes that people have. People think that tshuva is guilt. Guilt is the most egotistic thing that there is. Because what does guilt say? I am bad. Who cares about you now? It's about you. It's about how bad you are. It's about what rate do you get. There's a story once of a chassid that reprimanded the bacher in the, uh, the Fabrengen and he told him that he did this and he did that and it's really not nice and the, and the bacher started crying and he started saying, you know, Rebbe, Rabbi, you're so right. I'm the worst bacher in the yeshiva. He said, you see how egotistic and self-centered you are? Why do you have to say that you're the worst? You're third to the worst. What is the point? What is the point of that joke? It's like being bad, I'm a bad boy, I'm terrible, I feel so guilty, is again about you. We need to make it about God. We need to do, make it about the relationship. We need to make it about the truth. 
And that's why we don't want to come all sad and solemn to the to to l'chashem and I'm so sorry. You are right. No, I'm going to sit in the fabringen and I'm going to say some l'chayim and I'm going to get out of my own stupid ego and I'm going to think a bit about my connection to God, God's love to me, my love to God. And then I'm going to tell God, by the way, not by the way. Lazarus is asking about blowing the shofar. We don't blow the shofar by slichos. And, and again, we're not saying against the cry. We're saying that, that's why I quoted the Gemara, where the Gemara says this before and during. When you say it, you should. When you say it, you should cry. No one says no, but the question is what place you're coming from. That's where I'm in the middle of trying to explain that Judaism doesn't believe in guilt. There's a concept called harata, which is remorse, regret. But it's not about guilt. It's not about, you know what the difference between remorse, regret, and, 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 and guilt? Guilt is focused on the person, on the ego. I am bad. I am stupid. I am a shagit. Remorse, regret is about the action. How can I do this to someone that loves me so much? How could I do that to someone that is so close to me and gives me my breath, the breath of my air, the, 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 the air for my breath? What's going on with my relationship? It's about the actions. I'm embarrassed, but not, it's not that I'm bad. I'm embarrassed. As a, how, how, do, how, do, how did I lose touch? How did I lose focus on my relationship with God? God, you're so right, and you're there for me whenever I, whenever I want to turn to you, you're there for me. And I have completely abandoned you. But I don't want to come from a place of guilt. I don't want to come from a place of, I am bad. I'm going to sit, I'm going to go to a fabrengen. I'm going to take some good l'chaims. I'm going to dance before, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have my heart open and then I'm going to open up a slichus and I'm going to tell Hashem, you are right and I should be embarrassed. Not because I'm bad. Not, it's not about me. It's about the relationship. It's about you. And therefore, I want to, I want to do it from a place that is not my ego. I want to do it from a place for my neshama, for my place of love, for my place of passion, for my place, for my place of connection, not from a place of just covering my, my behind and, and, and making sure that, that you can't complain about me because I have crossed all the box. I said, I'm sorry. I could do that too. You won't be able to complain about me. But then what type of relationship is that? God forbid a guy cheats on his wife and then he comes and says, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and, and she, she can't complain anymore. Uh, okay, he said, I'm sorry. But if he comes from a place of really vulnerable, I don't know how I could do that to you. 
I, I don't know. I don't know how how it's how is it possible to do that to you, but but from a place of of love, from connection, not from a place. Okay, I'm checking off a box. That's slichas that comes after a fabringen. And I know this sounds terrible, and please don't share this with the world, because in the world, slichas after l'chaim, you're considered to be like a heretic. But secretly, between Hasidim, the expression was that some Hasidim who used to come to slichas, they weren't really walking straight. They were a bit tipsy. And not because we don't take slichas seriously. The opposite. I have seen these Hasidim, when they say the words, you, God, are right, and we should be embarrassed, they're saying it from the deepest part of their heart. Because they're really there. Because the focus is the relationship and not my own ego that messed up. So l'chaim, l'chaim, everyone. May we... L'chaim. L'chaim May we approach God from the deepest, from the deepest part in us, from the most real place in us, from the most vulnerable place in us, from the most living place, the most alive place in us, and tell God, I want to be connected to you. And I am embarrassed that I've abandoned or severed our relationship. And I want for the new year to have an awesome, loving relationship with you. L'chaim, l'chaim. Amen, l'chaim. Yes, Jeremy, it looks like you had a question. The one word you haven't mentioned in all of this beautiful lesson is humility. Isn't this the purest sense of recognizing? 100%. I stand, I stand corrected. I should have used the word humility. In my head, the word vulnerability is, is, is very much uh, a sense of, 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 of uh, being humble. It's very hard to be vulnerable if you're not humble, but you are right. Maybe it's semantics, but I mean, I, I, my, my biggest okay. lesson recently has been humility, recognizing that everything we have is a gift from Hashem. And, and to be humble is a really important lesson in our general day-to-day -day behavior. Yeah, but you know, sometimes people could say, I'm sorry, and like, be humble. But it's humbling. It's always humbling to say sorry. But really, they're just, they're just protecting their ego. Being vulnerable is where you take the humility and say, I'm not protecting my ego. My ego is all out there. If you want to smash it, smash it. It's there. I, I don't care. It's not about me now. It's about you. I see you and I see the pain that I've inflicted on you. And I see the pain that I've inflicted on our relationship. And enough is enough. I just want to start loving you wholeheartedly. After just a sorry without vulnerability, nothing is going to mend. You just shut up the other person. Sometimes the best way to shut up someone is just say sorry. It's like saying sorry, go to hell. But when you say sorry from a place of, of life, of vitality, that's, that's real vulnerability. But you're right. Humility was definitely worthwhile to, to be mentioned in, in such a lesson. But I think vulnerability is humility on steroids. Thank you.
Have a beautiful, beautiful day, everyone. See you tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, my lovely students. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, my lovely Rabbi. <laughs> so much love. So much love going on over here. I cannot imagine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>